The following guided meditation was given at Common Ground Meditation Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Welcome everyone. Maybe I'll do a sound check for the people online. Can you hear me okay? Great. So I've just put into the chat for those of you online the precept recitation, the refuge and precept recitation. And for those of you in the room, maybe some of you can, one of you will find the page number. I'm forgetting where it is exactly. 30? 36, for those of you who read the chant book. But I thought tonight that instead of chanting the precepts or the refuges and precepts out loud, it might be more useful for uh, all of us to have time to go through it privately in our own heart and mind. And uh, there's really room for a creative um, recitation where we're reflecting on what this might look like, feel like, be like in my life, each of the five precepts. And how do I make them my own? So I'll start by just sharing a few thoughts about the five precepts and that personal recitation or personal remembering, creating a ritual to bring these five trainings to mind. And then we'll have five or seven minutes to do that. And then I'll give some guided meditation instructions tonight uh, with compassion practice. One version that I thought might be useful just to put out there because you could just it just as an example of how to make it feel more real for you. Somebody came up with the idea of just adding the phrase, knowing how much our lives intertwine, I undertake the training to refrain from harming. Knowing how much our lives intertwine, I undertake the training to refrain from taking what hasn't been freely offered to me. Knowing how much our lives intertwine, I undertake the training to refrain from causing harm in my sexual activities. So that's just an example, knowing how much our lives intertwine. Because as we've been talking about these last few weeks, sila is really about our relational lives and how we relate to our relational lives. Another thing, this is quite traditional, like way back, almost from the time of the Buddha, they would tag this on at the end, thus may you know me. You know, see, we do the five trainings, we repeat them out loud in community or alone, privately in our minds, that the resolve then is, may these trainings be what you see, when you see me, you know, training and non-harming, training and contentment, which is really related to the second training of not taking what is an offered means being content when nothing is showing up on our plate. Practice being content, and then when things come our way and we have some money or some 
opportunity to have nice things, we're happy to receive them. But we're also quite capable of being content when those opportunities don't come our way. And there's one other uh, traditional phrase that was used, let's see if I can find it here. later when we get through it. So let's take some time just to give it a little formality. I'll ring the bell. I'll ring the bell then in about five or seven minutes. And just, you might go through it a few times. You might do it traditionally. You might want to read Thich Nhat Hanh's comments. You may not want to read Thich Nhat Hanh's comments. But just use, find a way to use the five to seven minutes productively to reflect on these trainings in moral sensitivity that really, yeah, make them feel real for yourself.
We'll take another minute or so, so finishing up your reflection on these five trainings. And the link is there for people online if you didn't find it yet. with a quote from the Buddha. So it's recorded. There are these five gifts, pristine, of long-standing, traditional, ancient, unadulterated, unadulterated and never before adulterated, which are not open to suspicion, which will never be open to suspicion and are not despised by the wise. What are these five? Here a wise disciple, someone in training, gives up the destruction of life and abstains from it, gives up taking what is not given and abstains from it, gives up sexual misconduct and abstains from it, gives up um, false speech and abstains from it, gives up wines, liquors, and intoxicants, which are the basis of negligence, and abstains from them. In doing so, one gives immeasurable beings freedom from fear, freedom from hostility, freedom from oppression. By giving to immeasurable beings freedom from fear, hostility, and oppression, one will enjoy immeasurable freedom 
from fear, hostility, and oppression. So we'll settle into our our more formal meditation time now. Arousing this goodness, this capacity for goodness here in the mind, in the heart. This capacity of our heart to be moved by suffering, by difficulty, whether it's in our own lives or in those around us. Because we understand directly that it isn't easy being a human being, it isn't easy having a body, a vulnerable body, it isn't easy being a sexual being in the way that we experience our sexuality. It isn't easy having a body that needs to be fed, a body that needs shelter, a heart that needs to belong and feel included, be seen, be loved. It isn't easy living in this world where those with power dominate, where we get pushed around in little or big ways, depending on our fortune and our cultural situation. And I care about this exposure and this vulnerability and the inevitable pain and difficulty and joys and all the uncertainty, never being able to lock in perfect safety, perfect comfort. I care about this life and I care about your lives out there all the sensitive hearts, all these breathing bodies around me, human bodies, other bodies. All of us wanting to be safe, all of us wanting to feel good. And I care enough to stay close to this tender-heartedness, to really trust this goodness of compassion that cares for my own well-being, cares for the well-being of others. I care enough to be close, to not forget. I care enough to feel the tenderness of this heart And I care enough to practice wishing well, to tap into the 
generous movement of this heart that cares. May the deepest wisdom and love protect us all. May the deepest wisdom and love protect us all. And may our tender, vulnerable hearts know happiness and peace. And may our tender bodies know good health and ease. And may we take care of our lives with great skill, no matter the conditions. May we take care of our lives and may we take care of each other with real skill. And we're learning to appreciate the generosity of compassion this willingness in this simple way to respond to the truth of suffering and vulnerability and uncertainty with this generosity of the heart that cares and wishes well. May the deepest wisdom and love guide and protect us all. May the deepest wisdom and love guide and protect us all. And may our tender hearts, exposed and tender hearts, know real happiness and peace. And may these bodies of ours find good health, ease of well-being. And may we find ways to take care of our lives with ease and joy, the goodness of the heart. May we take care of each other as well. So you can continue on your own using phrases like the ones I've used or your own or there may be enough of a direct sense of this compassion that you can just allow it to expand and fill the space of the heart, body, mind. Even learning to rest back or abide, even become this love, this compassion, radiant and good, all-inclusive, boundless, like a generous, warm, deeply wise, serene smile here in the heart that can hold it all. It isn't afraid of the world and this life being the way it is. In one way or another, find a way to keep coming back to the direct experience of compassion. Be willing to be creative 
so that the experience in your heart of compassion feels direct and real and uncontrived. And then learn to abide, to really trust that goodness. So we'll continue in silence now for a while. that the characteristic of compassion is a non-fear. 
in relationship to the truth of suffering, the very real truth that there is suffering. Compassion knows how to be close without fear and knows how to respond when that's appropriate. Knows how to be generous in the face of suffering, our own or others. Can this compassion be uncovered and kept in mind? And can we support the blooming, the opening and strengthening of this goodness of compassion? So the entire mind, heart, body feels touched and moved and enlivened we learn how to rest and trust this beautiful attitude of compassion. This goodness, this tender heartedness, this capacity to care may continue. May it increase and may it never end. So we're practicing trusting in the goodness capacity of this heart to be tenderized in the face of suffering, our own or others. I'm not afraid 
to be present with this world, this life as it is. Because we know this heart can be moved in a beautiful way. This generous movement of compassion. May we all find our way to be at ease, no matter the conditions of our lives. May the deepest wisdom and love protect and guide us through all the twists and turns, the joys and the sorrows. And may this goodness of compassion continue and increase and never end. we learn how to abide in this boundless goodness of compassion, to deeply trust this capacity to care, to wish well, to not have to close ourselves off. Realizing the heart that's not afraid to be moved or touched by the truth of the way it is. All the uncertainty, all the injustice, all the vulnerability and exposure that comes in our relational world. So many ways, we're a bunch of animals vying for some comfort and some safety and some recognition, some belonging. And either this can make us angry or we can let it break the heart wide open, the heart that cares, that understands, the heart that's not afraid. May this goodness of compassion continue, may it deepen, may it never end. And noticing that this attitude, this quality of compassion, it actually feels good, this movement of compassion, this tenderness, 
putting the eyes open. And just this sense of living with this quality of compassion, this tender-heartedness, sensitivity of compassion, knowing that suffering is everywhere, here in the room, there at your homes. It's not a rare or an unusual thing, it's everywhere. And it's compassion is what allows us to include this significant part of life. So we don't mistakenly think we have to close down or shut off, turn away. So in a very real way, it's a, it's a real superpower to not, to learn how to not be afraid of our own and others' suffering. Doesn't mean we have all the answers, of course. Just means that I'm not afraid to feel the tenderheartedness, to feel moved by the truth of suffering. So whenever you feel ready, just adjust your body, stretch if you need to, release any tension that might have come up for you during the sitting time. This talk, like all programs at Common Ground, is offered freely in the spirit of generosity. To learn more about Common Ground and its programs, or if you would like to donate, please visit our website, www.commongroundmeditation.org. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.